Hey church, uh, Jason here with some friends, colleagues, fellow community members. Uh, we're actually sitting at my kitchen table for a conversation that we wanted to share with you uh, about some stuff going on uh, that we're both excited about and that we wanted to unpack. Uh, so hanging out here with me, I have Matt Grable, our very own executive pastor. Hello. And Ken Meyer, a church member and board member. Hey, Ken. Hey. Uh, before I go on, I should say, I know with different people with different church experiences here, church board, and they don't always have context for that. So like a brief explainer there. Uh, Sopin City Church, we would say that we are staff-led and board accountable. Uh, I report to our board, which is made up of both local lay members and some long-distance like fellow pastors who bring local uh, ownership and accountability and who bring perspective and experience in church work uh, just to make sure that we're doing what we ought to do, make sure there's visibility on things like finances and the way that we do our work. So Kem is one of the brave, wonderful people who serves in that capacity. Thank you for that. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, we're here... Uh, to talk about uh, a development like in my life that sort of bleeds into church life. Um, and it has to do with a book that I have coming out this fall, which I'm pretty excited to announce. Uh, but we wanted to have a conversation today to both share some of the background behind that and um, to just sort of like point out that sometimes things like this raise some questions. And the good news is we are thinking about those questions and we want to let you know where our conversations have taken us on that. Right? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, that's what we're doing. So Jay's got a book coming out. Yeah. Uh, which we're super excited about. And, uh, thankful to talk about. And one of the things you might not know about Jay is even with like message prep or sermon prep is a lot of times he's been like thinking and kind of simmering on ideas for a while. Um, so while this might be a new thing in terms of a book coming out, like this hasn't been a new uh, thing in your life. So I would love to hear a little bit about, yeah, where this came from, how this came to be a little bit of the heart behind it. Yeah. Thanks. Um, it's kind of fun that part of the genesis of this um, goes back to my first trip to Israel-Palestine in 2010, which uh, people might know that our own South Bend City Church family sent a delegation uh, on a very similar experience with the same group, uh, having some of the same learning experiences just last fall. Uh, my first version of that was way back in 2010. And anybody who's heard me preach a lot has probably heard me reference that experience because it was so deeply formative for me. Mm. Um, but long story short, I was there in 2010 and I thought I was going to show up for this kind of academic learning experience. And instead, what I encountered was this uh, kind of a crucible of like really difficult, painful stories. Um, there's a lot of hurt, a lot of violence, um, really, really complicated histories there. And we sat with it in the deep end uh, every day, day after day. And after four or five days of that, um, of hearing stories of you know, like one day you might, you know, sit with an Israeli's mother whose son was shot and killed by a Palestinian sniper. And then an hour later, you know, you're with a Palestinian father whose 12 year old daughter was shot and killed by the IDF when Israeli soldiers thought that his car had a terrorist in it. And you stack those stories up day after day and you just, you come to the end of yourself. And, um, i I mean, I felt like I was at the end of my hope. I felt like I was at the end of my faith, to be honest, because the version of my faith that I traveled over there with, like had nothing to say to this stuff, right? It was what I would kind of call maybe a kind of a typical kind of Western kind of American faith that was like me and my little personal Jesus. And it, you know, it was just all about managing my personal little sin problem. And it didn't have a lot to say to the things that we do to each other and the systems that create all that harm. Um, and it didn't have a lot to say to the kind of despair that I was feeling when I was there. And then right in the middle of the trip when I was really at the breaking point, uh, we we spent some time in the church uh, of a Palestinian priest named Elias Shakur. And walking into that church, he has these beatitude blessings from Matthew 5, the ones that we talked about 
during our Sermon on the Mount series, uh, like a year and a half, two years ago, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit uh, and blessed are those who mourn. And um, something about that day and where I was at and the headspace I was in, I was able to kind of hear those blessings differently for the first time in my life. Uh, I remember going back to my hotel room and opening my Bible. And this is the Bible that I had like preached from and traveled with and done my personal prayers in for years and years. And most of the pages were marked up with little notes and reminders. And I turned to Matthew 5 where the Beatitudes are written and the page was pristine. It was just like untouched. Mm. Uh, And I thought, oh, there's something here I've not even touched or cracked open. And it feels like this experience is inviting me into it. And then the other thing that happened was as I sat with the things that Jesus seems to be naming, like when you find a poverty within you, or when you are weeping and mourning, uh, when you are meek, when you ache for things to be made right in the world, when he talks about hungering and thirsting for justice. Um, it's like I had this like vague memory in the back of my head, which is like, why this is, I've not been to Israel-Palestine before. I've not sat with this kind of systemic violent brokenness before, but the, the underlying spiritual terrain feels so familiar to me. And then it was like, what slowly emerged to me is that two other experiences that have been a huge part of my life. Uh, one, my own um, college journey with acute depression and hospitalization. And then the other, um, somebody I, I'm very close to who I love, who spent years uh, in, in really intense substance abuse and addiction. Those two stories, like they had the same underlying terrain, um, even though the circumstances were very different. And I, I kind of came home from that trip and I, I kind of like, I pulled out these big post-it notes that you put on your wall to like do meeting notes and stuff. And um, the phrase, uh, which is the title of the book, When the World Breaks, uh, kind of came out. And then I, I think I realized I, I need to spend the next however long, which ended up being 13 years now, um, trying to understand what these blessings were doing in me and what they were saying to me and how they were kind of leading me into a different kind of life with God when the world breaks, whether it's breaking at like the big geopolitical level or whether it's breaking at the personal or the relational level. So, so that's it. So yeah, Mm -hmm. so the book, I finally, after years and years, uh, developed it into a proposal, which is kind of how you make your way into publishing and, um, all that kind of inside baseball stuff. We worked it out and now we've got a book coming out, uh, August 1st. That's amazing, man. It is. Yeah. Super excited for you. What's it, what's it like to see this kind of now come out into the world? It's a combination of feelings. Mm. It's exciting, a little nerve wracking. Mm. Um, I think anybody, whatever you create, whether it's you launching kids into the world or whether it's you writing things or businesses, there's always that kind of feeling of incompleteness. Like I, I kind of had to mourn a little bit when it's like, well, the deadline's here. I've rewritten it and rewritten it. And I still don't think it's, I don't know if one ever thinks these things are done. So there's a little bit of letting go and surrender and like, all right, well, this just needs to be released into the world. And, um, now God will do what God wants to do with it. Mm. So exciting, nerve wracking, a little bit of even mourning, uh, mm-hmm. to let it go and let it grow up and have its own life out there. I kind of want to jump on that for a second because like at face value, uh, you think, Oh, I put together a book proposal. I'm getting a book out there. Uh, authors, there's different authors in different books and the motivations and the drive behind them are all different. Um, some People are prolific writers and they create products and this is what they deliver. And there's, I like products. I buy products. It's good. There's other, um, there's other authors that do this really, really reluctantly because they're being pushed uh, to make what they create available to others. And the easy thing, um, knowing you and, and learning from you and watching how you lead, it just be so much easier. You've got an outlet, man. You've got your teaching. 
you're creating content regularly, you're um, in conversations on podcasts. Uh, and so it's really a giant leap of faith to let go of this because you're not in control of it once you let go of it. Yeah. It's, it's, poor, you're, it's a generous, it's a generous gift because you're releasing it. And it's like, I'm not in the room. I don't get to have the inflection. I don't get to have the tone. I don't get to have the last word and I'm releasing it and it's portable. And the easy thing would be for you not to do this. Hmm. And so, uh, I just want to, I just want to celebrate that because the other thing is, uh, it really is a labor of love because what you get out of this is just growing muscles and stretching your faith. It really is obedience because you're not going to get rich (laughs) and, um, you are sharing that gift. So it's a good, it's a, it's really, really cool because you already have an outlet, you're, have a, you're sharing. And uh, so thanks for doing that, for stretching yourself, because it is a portable tool of some of the mysteries. And that's why I'm kind of excited about it. It's just more of an expression. Like the conversation, we don't need, I mean, just be frank. I mean, I'll just say it like none of us need another theologian who preaches on the weekend to give us their academic print narrative of their another commentary. I don't, we don't need another one. No of more those. Theo bros. We don't need right. Anything. We don't. We just don't need another one of those. And so, um, and there's no hate. It's just like, is there something new? And it is. Everything about uh, our gathering, our church, what brings us together is like, uh, hey, what you think to be true, there's actually another way to look at that. Oh, your lived experience, that's not the only experience in the world. Yeah. Uh, and so chasing the mystery is in this book. You releasing the book is, is, is demonstrating that. So this is just more on, on track. And so that's really worth celebrating too because it is a unique it's a unique, and it's really human. Mm. It's like, I mean, there's no spoilers, but one of the things I love when I read is like, hey, I'm not trying to, yeah, I'm, I love Jesus. I, uh, I lead a church, and I'm, I'm going over these teachings of Jesus, but uh, I am not trying to get you to join the club. Yeah, I think this is just all, we're all human. There's a human component to this that I think we all could hear, and I absolutely love that tone. Uh, thanks, Ken. One of the things I love is, as a former coach, seeing somebody's like gifts and talent like show up in the world and uh you are uniquely gifted um and you've shared that with our church community but i also love that you're able to share this a little bit more broadly um with this book and our church community has benefited from it in in a variety Mm -hmm. of ways like you're saying like even the sermon on the mount like going through um through that as a church community is it's actually you processing some of the things that you're doing in this book with our church community. And I don't think our community realizes like how much that's been the case uh, for things that we've been talking about or exploring as a church community, but then how that impacts either other church communities or other people um, from not only around the country, but around the world. Um, and so I, just, I think it, it's really cool to be able to see this for you, not only personally be able to have such an accomplishment that's taken a labor of love, but then also for it to be able to be in the hands of other people that could benefit from it. Oh, thank you guys. Oh, that's all really kind. And it means a lot. Um, one of the reasons we wanted to have this conversation on the podcast though, is, uh, like we also just know that especially in the past few years, we've seen like a troubling growing number of stories exposed where, pastors and churches failed to acknowledge that these kinds of things, like pastors writing books and selling books, they can bring potential conflicts of interest. Um, there's some really troubling stories that have been really well documented of like pastors in their book projects where 
the pastor was like unduly enriched at the church's expense. Um, you know, we're approaching this in a way that's trying to be um, aware of all that. And so uh, really the reason for the podcast today is to bring some transparency to this process. Um, at Southland City Church, I think we're always wrestling with how we don't want to be cynical because I think cynicism is actually a, a sickness, to be honest. I think mm-hmm. it's kind of a, uh, a brokenness of the heart, you know, um, that we all wrestle with. Um, and we want to celebrate this, but we want to do this in a way that's above board and just like anything else that we do Asking as a church. Questions and yeah. 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 Just like, just kind of own up to all of that. So anyway, um, so church, uh, we want to like give you some visibility on where we've been in our conversation and how we're approaching it. Um, and it, it kind of starts with us back at our board retreat last fall. Yeah. And that was great. Like, uh, we're not cynical. We're all trying to nurture a heart of just like uh, going through life, like uh, with intentionality, asking questions. I mean, we're all kind of showing up out of our hurt or our experiences. Like we're a hundred percent certain about something and sometimes right. And so like just entering into that conversation, uh, it, it's been like all, every step of the way. And the interesting thing that we haven't said, this book you've resisted for years, yeah. um, years. And uh, so the right thing at the wrong time, time is the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, but it feels right now. And that's really great. So what's really cool, anticipating where the vulnerabilities, where the perceptions, Mm -hmm. what's congruent with what the promise we're making to our community and our world, what um, do we want the lasting impression, uh, all of that stuff. You had already vetted that with outside counsel. And then Matt had already brought the whole thing in front of the staff and a key volunteer was like, okay, what do we need to be aware of? What are the questions that we're not covering? And let's make sure that we're just being super, super thoughtful and intentional about this. And so you had already been through that, Matt, and brought thought through the questions before the board retreat and brought us that sample plan. Here's the questions we're covering. Here's the things we're thinking about. Here's how we celebrate and get this out into the world. Back to what you're saying, too. This community of grace and peace for the world, um, people don't know how to... Um, wrestle with some of the stuff that you're sharing in this, you know, the paradoxes and the subversive hope. And so that's another reason why it was worth that work. So talk to about the process that you guys yeah. came up with. Um, I really appreciated the process just because I came from an environment where there was no process with this type of thing. Just it was, it. yeah, it was just, it was one person saying, I wrote a book book and here's what we're going to do with it. What's the promotional plan? Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, highly promotional. And then there was, it created a lot of like, questions that weren't able to be talked about. Um, and a lot of wondering like, yeah, what's happening with like calendar money, you know, all that type of stuff. And so as a staff team, we just, we process like, what are the questions we have here? Um, one of the things that's like tricky, I think in church life is, especially as a pastor, um, you have your life and you have church and you have community, right? But like, that's not, those aren't separate things that like all of a sudden you clock out of being a pastor and then you go into life. Um, like I remember swimming with my sons early on when they're younger and someone coming over to me, then starting to talk about how their marriage was falling apart. And I was like, Oh man, like I, you know, wanted to be like, Hey, my office hours are, um, but it's just, it's just <laughs> a part of life. Right. And, um, and so realizing like, uh, this is something that Jay has been working on um, in his own time, but it also pulls into like our church community as well, because a lot of these like thoughts have been like birthed out of our community or experiences in our community. Um, And so we just, but we wanted to talk through like, what are the questions that we should be asking? What are the questions that like 
you know, as if we didn't know and love Jay, like yeah. we don't want to be blind about this. Yeah. Let's not, let's, let's not make any assumptions here. And so I appreciate it. Like all got thrown on the table, um, in terms of like calendaring, what is, what does this look like? But then also wanting to like really honor Jay in this experience because not like, Hey, you just go do your own thing. Um, you know, even hearing early on in terms of like working with publishers of like having some events in the future that they'll have like book release and then feeling a sense of like, Oh wait, we want, we need some of that here at South Bend city church too. Like this is, this is really special. Um, and so we want to be able to, uh, yeah, participate with this as well. Not just say, Hey, you go do your own thing when you're back, then do church. But yeah. It's a before. balance because it's like, don't do anything or, weighted at the top and just the intentionality, the plan you came up with that is like really measured to get both of those. Yeah. So we, we spent some time just talking through a plan. There's a lot of, there's a couple of meetings where, yeah, Jay wasn't even present in the room. So people felt like they could just talk normally. And I feel like they can do that anyways when we're, we're together. But um, yes, yeah, so we create a plan that kind of guides us through the summer. So throughout the summer, Jay will be doing some of his online uh, promotion through social media. So you follow Jay, you'll see um, see that on his personal page. So the church, I'll just be honest. Yeah, I'm gonna be doing a lot of online promotion. That's like my, <laughs> this will be like you'll yeah. be upping your game. I'm just warning that. you. Like if you don't like that, just unfollow me on Instagram. I'm not offended, but it's gonna be a lot. Yeah, on my channel. Yeah. So the, so the church won't be actively promoting uh, the book. We're definitely gonna highlight um, uh, through some initial posts, just because we want to send you off. Well, um, so actually Sunday, July 23rd is ascending Sunday for Jay. We really just wanted to see that as like kind of commissioning, um, not only his book, but him and uh, blessing him before he takes some Sundays for a book tour. Uh, so the book will be available for sale uh, the day after the gathering that we have kind of a, uh, as we send him off. Uh, and then it will be before that's public release date, um, which, which means that we really appreciate this, that like the South Bend State Church family actually is able to like kind of have first dibs on, mm -hmm. on that. Not that um, we need that, but I just think it's like we're a part of this with you. Can I, yeah, can I jump in there too, Matt? I remember us talking like, do we, does this book ever show up for sale? And I think what we realized is we've had a lot of other guest teachers mm -hmm. who have a book and we let them sell it the Sunday they're there. So it's just another sign of us. We're just trying to look for consistency, right? We're not trying to be afraid of it and we're not trying to do something it's kind inappropriate. of inappropriate. Yeah. We're not going to push it, but it's available. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For that one Sunday, it'll be there. Yeah. We're not going to see any cardboard cutouts of Jay in the <laughs> oh, lobby. Or shoot. Anything we like aren't. That. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go burn my stash downstairs. Yeah. In fact, I remember asking you like, Oh, what, when you, you know, other churches have asked you to talk about the book, like, what are you talking about? And you're like, well, I actually already gave that message. That's right. Yeah. To your point earlier about like, there is this kind of connection between book work and church work, right? Like we had a Sunday back in this a uh, couple months ago where our church was like, we just had a couple of really hard deaths actually, like mm -hmm. just really hard losses in our community. And it was like a Friday afternoon audible to scrap the sermon we had planned. And I'll, I'll just say as the preacher, I was really thankful. I had a chapter written that I think was really the best thing I could offer that day. So yeah, church, you've actually already heard the tour sermon. Mm -hmm. You just didn't know it. It was back in like January. Yeah. And the point of it wasn't you mean to you didn't tour brand the book. It, for the book. it was not branded for the book. It was just, yeah, it was already kind of folded in there. Yeah. And book tours just give us a little insight there because that's like part of the deal with like the publisher That's right. Yeah. and like they have expectations, you know? And so I'm sure you've kind of felt like in the middle of all of this with like, yeah, publishers expectations also wanting to honor like expectations of, 
church community and yeah that's right like you you know i remember my editor actually for the book we were um meeting and and she she was right about this i she was checking on timelines and i was talking about um you know some of the different demands i was kind of negotiating with our work together and everything and she kind of gently just said yeah and this book is also you know a job for you too now like Mm. yeah we've signed an agreement right we you know and that's why we try to put all this above board so we make sure this is all compatible but yeah there's a commitment there it's x number of days of promotional work is actually written into your contract so there's some real real commitments there that are part of doing this with the publisher yeah i'd i'd like to get a little context even to that i mean like uh on the commitments and the book tour i mean the context for that and the whole the whole purpose of a book is to make something accessible and portable in a place mm-hmm. that you, you don't have access to. Yep. We need publishers to distribute it Yeah, mm-hmm. um, because we need you doing what you do. Mm-hmm. And so that's all great. So the book tour, it's not a, uh, it's not a vanity tour. It's not a personality tour. It's actually, it's the handoff yeah, because pretty- you have a story. This is a human, uh, this is all your reflection. You're opening yourself up. You're cracking yourself open and, for a different personality, like, um, cause it's different for everyone. It's like, mm. there's going to be some energizing parts of this, mm. like, but there's also going to be some really, uh, parts that you're not going to like as an introvert and more people are peace. And like, uh, the fun part is going to be being able to talk about what's in there, but you actually do need to do this handoff. Cause without that context, uh, it just becomes this flat product, right? So there's a tension even in that give and take, uh, of the commitment that's like, it's important for you to do this handoff. And yes, the publisher is promoting this and you need to be there to answer questions and endorse your own content. Um, and then I know that it's going to be great and it's going to be bittersweet. And I know you're going to be exhausted too, Mm. right? Because you've got to, for a minute, be part of the mechanism so it can be distributed, but the mechanism is not evil. Yeah. Thanks. Yep. I think it's, I, I think it's for me, it's, it's just part of how you give this to the world. Mm-hmm. It's part of, it's part of the giving up. Yeah. If, you, if you write it, but you don't give it, you haven't given it yet. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that. you'll figure out a way to do it yeah. in your own, your own yeah. way. I'm sure you'll add your own little flair. You think? Um, <laughs> I'm sure you will. I, I hope somebody does bring a cardboard, cardboard cut <laughs> somewhere yeah. just to embarrass you. You won't see any of those. So July 23rd, uh, we'll have a moment just to like have you talk about not only the book and share some notes with us, but we'll send, send you off. And then July 30th through the end of August, uh, you'll be teaching at a few other churches um, and going through that book tour, but then also overlaying that with a study intensive, which you've, you've done in the past. And in the past, we've brought in other people during that time um, to be able to speak to us. And so we've already been intentional about thinking through the calendar moving forward with, with that. Yeah. That's no different than any other summer. That's right. Yeah, we got a killer lineup. It's going to be a great, great season for the church. Um, so that, that's kind of like the plan. Um, that's the basics of what people can expect uh, from church and from me and uh, how we're trying to kind of respect these kind of clarified lines of, uh, of what feels right sized for this particular situation. Right. Yeah. And we've talked through like a variety of questions. That, and so maybe if you could just give us a yeah. little um, like what are the ones that Give us some answers to some of the questions that you've heard bubble up. Yeah, even, you know, it's been great, even with the staff, I think just kind of vetting the questions it raises for them. So a few things that might just be really helpful to be clear about. Um, first of all, like, 
I think people, if I say it, they realize it, but until you say it, they don't realize it. No one on staff, including me, is expected to be at SBCC every Sunday of the year. That like wouldn't be good for any of us, right? Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be good for the church, wouldn't be good for our staff. Yeah, uh, so we actually like, build that into the job description literally, for, yeah. for all of our staff. Um, like you'll, you'll get in trouble at Southland City Church if you're on staff and you're not taking your time away. Yeah. We're just celebrating a staff member who's taking two weeks off her vacation. Yes, um, Because right. it was like they deserve that and need that. Yeah. And it's better for our values, right? Like we, yeah. we believe we do better ministry when we honor things like fills not factories, mm-hmm. time away. So like in my case, um, like I have a job description just like everybody else, you know, and so that clarifies I'm expected to teach and lead in Sunday gatherings 30 to 35 weeks a year. And so this calendar year will be no different. Like I'll, I'll still be there that number of Sundays. These Sundays that I'm taking for this book stuff are Sundays that I, in the course of a year I, w- I would have been away anyway, whether, you know, whatever I do at that time. So it's, it's not like I'm taking Sundays away from South and City Church that would have belonged to South and City mm-hmm. Church to do that. Um, I think another question that I would really appreciate people asking, because I think it matters, is like, wait, is SBCC spending church money on this? Like, because uh, that's some of the stories that have come out mm-hmm. that I think are really troubling, where money given to the church for church ministry ends up and in, like in the pocketbook of the pastor through their book, right? And so just to be clear, like SBCC is not spending any church money on this, whether like marketing budget or like purchasing copies, none of that's coming out of church monies. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think the other thing, just to kind of demonstrate the consistency that we're aiming for here is um, what I'm doing with the book is going to be kind of visible. So that makes it feel different, I think. But actually we have several other staff members who have other jobs on the side or they, or they run their own business on the side or they have other creative pursuits. Um, so I think if we actually look at the underlying reality of how our staff is encouraged to do that kind of thing, there's a lot of consistency there. It's just that a book launch is this big, splashy, visible thing. And so I can see how when I post my book tour dates on my social media, that's going to feel different. But I think the underlying reality is, um, you know, we encourage staff to have other pursuits. I think it's healthy for them. I think mm-hmm. people often bring their best back to our work when they also have other ways that they're creating and exploring. And so that's consistently something that, um, and right now we have a few staff members who have their own version of that, that just may not be as visible. It's mm-hmm. so important that we don't have just like a closed system, Yeah. right? It's so important. And so I'm glad that we encourage that for the people in our community, the people on our staff. That's really, really good. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted to jump on this podcast too, because as we were having all these conversations, we were like, oh, this, we should need to share this with our community because our community sees basically either something on a Sunday gathering or maybe in social media, but there's a whole lot that has gone into the intentionality behind planning and decisions and why we do what we do. I mean, it is uncomfortable. I mean, we can just say it's uncomfortable. It's like you're proud of this work and you're also like, uh, you're almost like shy, like kind of hanging your head because you don't want to blow it up too big. Right. So it's uncomfortable. And I like as a, as a church, and as a board and as a staff, we're just like embracing that, like, cause it's worth all of that. Uh, it yeah. really is. I remember in an early conversation with you, Matt, at some point, I think we were just talking, but I, I think I said something like, yeah, I'll like, I'll do a release party like in Nashville or someplace like that. But I don't, I don't think I'm doing anything in South Bend. I just, I just don't, I want to err so far on the side of like, not trying to leverage my position for the benefit of my book. And I appreciate you, Matt saying kind of, well, we want to be a part of it. That actually yeah. would have been yeah. hurtful, yeah. right? Like it yeah, would have been an overcorrection. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. we got to get the good stuff too. Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. glad you said something too, which is one of the things I appreciate you, Matt. You asked like, you think of questions like that. Yeah. There's there's probably one uh, question that uh, 
people are asking, but they're scared to ask. Like we've got a lot of people part of our church that aren't local mm. and they're looking at your book tour and they're probably assuming that they can get like right in the front of the line for the signatures, <laughs> but that's probably not, there's no SBCC there's like no VIP. VIP card, right? No. Like yeah. we really are just trying to keep this chill. <laughs> yeah. That's a good, I'm glad you brought that up, Kevin. That's mm -hmm. way to speak to the question everybody's asking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, final word goes to you two. Anything else you think that we should share today as we just try mm -hmm. to help our community um, you know, hopefully this is a chance not just to understand our approach to the book. Hopefully this is just a chance to understand our approach to everything. Like we're just trying to be consistent here. Yeah. I just want to reiterate that I'm like really excited for you, but also for our church community. Um, I remember a little while ago, uh, feeling like I had some stuff that I wanted to like put out in the world in a blog format, which is just writing. But I was like really fearful of doing so because I, I saw a number of blogs that where people, it was a lot of, lot of self-promotion was kind of like, look at me. And I just did not want to be this guy who felt like I got something really special to say. Everybody needs to hear it. Um, but I did feel like there was something that I felt like, Hey, uh, had enough people ask me these questions. That'd be good for me to write a few of these things. And I just remember processing that with you, Jay, and you just saying like, Oh no, like this is exactly why you need to like put this out in the world, like you're kind of robbing others from not doing it. Like, but don't like shy away because of, um, how things have been done so poorly, uh, in the past. And I just, I think the same thing for, for you, like, um, you know, it's easy to see how things have been done, uh, poorly in like church spaces, um, or pastors have handled, uh, their response, their platform in a negative way. And I just, I think like, I've just really appreciated your openness to like fielding the tough questions, but also your openness to what God wants to do through you in this first of many books. Let's um, put that out there. Thanks. So, so I'm excited for that. I'm excited for our community. Um, yeah. And I, I, again, like I think you said before, like, like the antidote to bad religion is actually good religion. And mm -hmm. I just think like, so as a church community, we just don't want to not do something like let's do it well. And so I've appreciated our staff and you just coming through a process that I feel like, oh, yeah, this is we're setting a precedent for how we do that. This for any staff member in the future mm -hmm. to them bringing something out into the world uh, that needs to be heard or seen or well, gone I through. I just think it's a great reinforcement for all of us as like a community. I mean, this is the whole thing about the community of grace and peace for our city and the world. Mm -hmm. And that starts with like how we wrestle with things that aren't black and white. It's how we show up when it's scary. It's how we solve problems in community and um, open up the floor for people to ask questions, right? This is, uh, thanks for modeling that. Cause again, it would be um, easy for all of us, be easier for you not to. So thanks for modeling that and building that in and, and encouraging all of us to do that. What are we going to do to show up and rob, like not rob the gift? And uh, I really, I really appreciate that. And then the tendency for all of us, where we're coming from with our experiences to overcorrect, right? Like shut it down or blow it up. And mm -hmm. um, every step of the way, this book is one of them. And sometimes it's the political discussions we have. Sometimes it's the theological discussions. Sometimes it's government stuff, you know, like we just take those things one at a time and let's like lay down the issue and let's remove like all of our assumptions and our defensiveness. And like, let's turn this thing over and figure out 
how do we carry it? And yeah. this is just mm-hmm. another example of that. So uh, I appreciate the practice, right? And being part of this is just another example. And yeah, I'm also just like really, really excited about mm-hmm. getting this out there. It's just beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. And I'm going to pitch it back to you. What's like your, what's your hope as this book is released? Well, first of all, I, you know, I, um, the book has a certain vision of hope. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we're, we're really desperate for that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the kind of hope that you get to by avoiding hard things. It's actually a hope that you get to by facing things kind of head on mm-hmm. and um, trusting that God can actually meet you, not by avoidance, but by like, you know, wherever the pain is, wherever the hurt is. Um, Jesus seems to think that you're actually going to meet God in it rather than by avoiding it. And so that's hopeful to me because it means even, even on the hardest days, like you're not, you're not far from where you need to be. Um, so I, I hope that that helps people. I also think, um, this book is also in some ways me working out. I would say back in 2010 there, that was the beginning of a new conversion for me. Like I became a Christian again, but in mm-hmm. a new way. Mm-hmm. And, um, I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of friends, a lot of people I talk to who, when I actually hear the questions they're asking and the things they're wrestling with, I think, Without it be trying to, I'm not, I, I actually said it in my book proposal to the publisher, this book is not an evangelistic book. I'm not trying to get people in the club, but I do think Jesus has better, deeper, wiser, truer, and more beautiful things to say to us than a lot of us have actually heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I hope that people discover that Jesus is actually quite the companion for you right. and for all of us, whether we're dealing with how are we going to find our way out of the kind of racial injustice that just keeps marking our country, or how are we going to deal with the mental health crisis that is plaguing us or how, like just name it. And I think Jesus is a very like ready and willing teacher and companion for us in the really hard things that we're working through. And so, um, my hope would be that people find out they're not alone in that. And that's the thing. It's not the book that broke your heart. It's not Uh, the book that was put in. It was all of that. Yeah. And the book just holds it. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks guys. That means a lot to me to get to work with you guys on this and to have this conversation with you. Uh, church, thanks for listening. Grace and peace friends.